In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on when Jesus said no. Do you practice boundaries? The focused scripture is from Mark 1. This conversation was recorded in June of 2023. Our mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. To learn more about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. Join the conversation. So why don't we take advantage of that and I'll move into my topic. Uh, One of the things that in my own faith walking journey that, that I am experiencing is the, for me, one of the biggest challenges is, is boundaries. Uh, And it's, it's about establishing boundaries, maintaining boundaries. As Angela was talking uh, and the roommate giving her a to-do list that's a boundary issue, right? Of, okay, wait, that's not my responsibility. Even Miss B's uh, 20-year-old asking, please go make me a grilled cheese sandwich. Well, that's a, that's a boundary thing. And Miss B made a boundary and said, no, I can't do it now. I'm, about, I'm on the Zoom call. I can in an hour. Uh, I find that it's, that it's really challenging when... Um, because I have this over sense of responsibility for keeping everybody around me happy. And so it's hard to have boundaries when you, when you, when that's the case. And so uh, anyway, I, uh, I, I went to the scripture and I found, uh, I found a new boundary story and it's my new favorite boundary story. Uh, And it's, it's just fascinating. And I'd like to talk about it today. It's in Mark chapter one. The very first chapter of Mark. Mark is the shortest of the Gospels. And and Mark is kind of short and to the point. Mark just tells it like it is. Here's the facts, ma'am. Here's the facts. And in the story, we're going to begin in about uh, verse 20, 21. And uh, so, so it's right at the beginning of Mark's telling of the story of Jesus. And they, and they come to Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee. So it, it's one of the leading cities. And one of the interesting things I've, I've, I've found out, group, and I've been studying the Bible for a long time and didn't know this. Many of those, uh, of those towns around the Sea of Galilee were significant in size. And by that, I mean, I always thought, okay, a couple hundred people in this little fishing village. But no, these these were cities of of like fifteen thousand to twenty five thousand people. So they were significant in size. So they come to Capernaum, and and the first thing Jesus does is he goes to the synagogue, and in the synagogue he goes straight up to the front and he begins to teach. Well, that's pretty bold in and of itself, right? I mean, imagine you've got church and somebody walks in for the first time and they just walk up to the pulpit and start preaching. You know, I mean, that's in essence what Jesus did. And that was startling. And the people were were surprised by the authority in which he spoke. And then Jesus, so then there was this guy that was possessed with an unclean spirit. I don't know even today exactly what that means, but but it was this person with an unclean spirit. And basically Jesus 
uh, heals the person. The person is restored to wholeness. And Jesus leaves the synagogue and he goes over to Simon's house. And Simon is Peter. Uh, before he's named Peter, and Simon lives with his brother Andrew, and so that so Jesus goes over to Simon and Andrew's house, and when he gets there, he finds that Simon's mother-in-law is sick with a fever, and he heals her. So right at the beginning, first of all, Jesus teaches. Then he cast out a demon, and then he heals someone from a physical illness, which is pretty amazing and pretty astounding. So when the kingdom of God comes, when the kingdom comes that Jesus came to preach about, uh, when the kingdom comes, there's content, there's spiritual wholeness restored, physical wholeness restored, and maybe we could say psychological and emotional wholeness restored when the kingdom comes. Well, naturally, uh, people go home and start talking about this Jesus character. I mean, my gosh, he marched right into the synagogue and started teaching, and he taught with such authority. And then there was this man with the evil spirit, and he cast the evil spirit out. And then there was this, and then we heard about what happened over at Simon's house. So guess what happens? Word begins to spread through this little city. And pretty soon, there's a line at the door at Simon's house. I mean, so imagine it. People have gotten word that that there's this healer in town and everybody's showing up with everybody's illness. And we don't know how long it happens, but, but Jesus heals people. And the indication is the line is so long, he's healing people all day long. So then we don't even know when he stopped or what the transition is, but then it's nighttime and, and, uh, and then the next morning, early in the morning, Jesus slips out of the house to go be alone and to pray. So I, I want to emphasize two things there. I, I don't want to over-spiritualize it. Oh, Jesus got up at 5 a.m. to have his morning quiet time, uh, you know, and he's so disciplined and so whatever. Here's the thing. I think the, the, that all the life, had been sucked out of Jesus from healing people all day long and teaching. I mean, have you ever been on all day long with, with just, I mean, just on all day long. I think Jesus was looking for some solitude time for himself. He just needed some me time. Jesus needed self-care. He also needed to commune with the father and, and, you know, I only do what the Father tells me to do, and I think he was getting his instructions from the Father. I think Jesus also needed some time because he'd been so immersed in all the healing. He needed some time for reflection. So that's where he is, and, and, and guess what? And the disciples panic. Let me, let me rephrase it in, in faith-walking language. And the disciples got highly anxious. Why? Well, here's, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write some stuff between the lines. Mark was so 
you know, just to the point. He didn't give us the whole story. Here's what I think happened. I think early in the morning, people started lining up again for healing. And Simon sees, oh my gosh, there, there, there's people out here. And, and can you imagine if we, if we were in charge, if we were the disciples? I can imagine one or two of you would have little pop-up tents and you say, you know, oh my gosh, it's hot. It's 90 degrees. We've got to get these people out of the sun. And you'd pop up a couple of tents and somebody would say, oh my gosh, and I'm sure the heat is draining. We've got to get some water out here. And somebody would get out and you'd start distributing water and we'd be all anxious for the people that were there for Jesus. I mean, we're not sure what Jesus is about. But but we want everybody to like him. And here's these people wanting miracles. And so the disciples get anxious and they all head out looking for Jesus. And 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 I, here's what I want to say. And that was a boundary violation. Do you get why? Jesus is off. Jesus is a responsible adult. Jesus can take care of himself. We don't need to go find Jesus. Let Jesus be. Here's what I believe. I believe the disciples though got anxious. Not because Jesus was off by himself. That wasn't a big deal. They were anxious because, hey, there's needs that need to be met. There are people that need to be healed. We've got a ministry to run here, Jesus. And they finally find him. And here's what they say. Everybody's looking for you. What are you doing out here? Boundary violation. Boundary violation. Jesus could have said, you know, I've chosen to be out here alone because I need some time to myself and for myself. And that's why I'm out here. Y'all go on back to the house. I'll be back later. He didn't say that. But, but the implication is that, oh, my gosh, we've got this big ministry opportunity that we're going to do. And here's what Jesus does say. It's time for us to move on to another village. Whoa, wait, hold it, dude. We got people lined up at the door needing food or needing healing. I mean, can you imagine it? Uh, I can imagine the disciples thinking like, you know, we need to give ourselves a name, the Capernaum Relief Ministry, and, and we need to open the, the door and start a nonprofit and start healing people or feeding people or whatever. And, and Jesus says, no. We're going on to the next village because my purpose is not to come just for one village. My purpose is to come for everybody. And I've got to go preach this good news message of the kingdom in other places also. And Jesus said no. And that's all we have of the story. But y'all right, right between the lines with me. What do you think was going on in the heads of the disciples when Jesus said that? Somebody unmute and tell me, what do you think the disciples were thinking? I think they they thought he was out of his mind. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> you're, you're not doing the right thing, Jesus. Right. You know, why are you being so selfish and leaving these people behind? And don't you care? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There are people that need healing. Anybody else? What do you think the disciples were thinking? Or yeah. I was thinking that it's good to, to know the word no with a capital N, N-O. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we don't seem to know that word. And we, we get don't. a lot of stuff poured on us. 
We do. Know how to say no. And and if it were me, Miss B, I would have been torn if I was Jesus. Oh my gosh, I feel I feel responsible. Yeah, there's a line of people that need healing. Guess what? I'm in the healing business. I've got something to offer. I'd have felt guilt. I, I would have felt obligation. Uh, go ahead, Laura. You were about to say something also. I wonder if any of them, um, you know, even like this morning I was reading about Lazarus where, you know, it says, oh, and he loved him so much. So he waited a couple of days. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, and I, I wonder like when, if the disciples ever questioned even like, is this guy really the son, you know, like, cause these are things yeah. that were, I mean, I'm assuming they were countercultural then too, but like, how can this guy say he's, you know, so great when right. he's not helping people and he's not healing people and he's not doing this or that? Like, I wonder if they ever questioned, do right. I really want to follow him? Do I think he's legit? Sure. I'm sure they did. I mean, I'm sure they had, pri I'm sure they had private conversations. You know, I, I'm sure one of them probably went to Simon and said, Simon, go, go tell Jesus to get back to the house. Just like, Ange just like Angela's dad's roommate said, Angela, tell your dad not to eat chips in the night. I wonder too, Ken, like you said, I wonder if Jesus was conflicted. Like, was this mm -hmm. just so default for him that he had healthy boundaries or did he think, you know, like, oh man, maybe I should do it. Like, I wonder if that was something that he mm -hmm. struggled with or mm -hmm. if he was just so perfectly differentiated that you right. could just be like, no, that's not what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Laura, I, I, I think in his humanity, he could have been. Uh, but I think the time alone and reflection helped him get clear about what his mission was. And, and, and that's what I think helped him make the decision. The decision is, I know what my mission is. And if we, we could stay for months in Capernaum and we could do a ton of good, but that's not my mission. So let me phrase it another way in faith walking language. Jesus was really clear about his guiding principles. And what he, what he had given his word to. And he stayed focused on that. And I think that's what helped him create the boundaries. I, I think the, the, the point I was wanting to emphasize a moment ago, and there's nothing in the text at all, but I'm sure the disciples got upset with him. I couldn't believe it. And notice Jesus did not take responsibility for how they felt. I know what my mission is. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. And even though you're upset with me for going there and doing that, I'm not going to jump in and try to fix you or take care of, of your issue. Uh, for me, that's what boundaries look like. And that's the hardest part for me. The hardest part for me is I worry about how people feel and I worry about what they're going to think about me. Yeah, no, I'm going to say no and I need to say no. And it's the healthy thing to say no. And I'm going to do it. And yet I still fret and worry about, uh, yeah, but, but that's going to make it awkward. And now, you know, what, how's that going to look and what's going to happen? And, and that, that worrying and fretting over what, what other people are going to feel or what they're going to think about me are the two reasons that I have a hard time 
maintaining boundaries in my life. There's just so much, though, in this story that I love. I mean, I, I just I can fill it in with lots of faith walking stuff in between because I can just imagine those disciples. Can, can you imagine Simon's wife and what she thinks is about it? I mean, here's all these people lined up at her door. And now Jesus is going to the well, wait, I just got my husband home. Now he's off gallivanting again, going somewhere else. I think this story depicts a well-differentiated Jesus living in alignment with his guiding principles and establishing and, and maintaining his boundaries without and And I'm sure he offended people by having boundaries. But he said no, even when there were needs. That needed to be met. I just think that's pretty profound. I got more to say, but I'm going to stop right there. What's that stir up for you? What are you thinking? You know, Ken, <clears throat> I think about the disciples who probably were, not probably, they were not clear about Jesus' mission. Mm -hmm. They saw the healing, you know, that's that's profound, right? That is yeah. profound. And yeah. All these people with all of these ailments who've had difficulties all their lives, you know, but Jesus was very clear about the mission, which the disciples didn't quite understand or grasp yet. No, I... through no fault of their own, I don't think. It's just such an unusual path that yeah. there were many things you and I, if we'd been there, we would not have understood. Right. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I extend some grace to them. Absolutely. In, in their eagerness, because the impact of the healing is profound, but yeah. yet there's a greater thing that Jesus has come to do. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry, that's that's really really good. Amen. I don't what I don't know what else to say about it, but it's but it's good. Yeah, Trish. When you were talking, when you were reading at the passage and even filling it in a little bit, it what really stirred up in me was that feeling of being responsible for others, and yeah. that is something that I have had to work on and I continue to work on. But especially when you see the need. And it seems like it would be easy to meet the need. Mm -hmm. um, it would have been easy for him to stay another day. Mm -hmm. um, but recognizing that, that he had other, he had other places to be. He had a other, his father was telling him, no, go on to this next step. Mm -hmm. And um, just getting in, and mm -hmm. Jerry mentioned it too, getting really clear about what God has called me to do and checking in with the father and listening to yeah. them yeah. and staying with that and letting it. Mm. I think part of that is trusting that God will meet those needs, but not through me. Yeah. I think that's a key point, Trish. Yeah. It, it's all, all the needs were not going to get met by Jesus. Right. 
there there were in, other things in the going flesh. on. Yeah. Right. And so it it takes a grow an increasing growing community of people to meet all the needs. And I'm only so let's let's use let's use faith walking missional language. And so all I'm responsible for missionally is what I hear God's invitation to join God in. Now here's a fascinating thing: when Jesus listened to God's invitation, God said, "We're not going to heal all these people today here." I mean, that's startling when you think that's what the father said. The father said to Jesus, move on. I mean, evidently, I mean, that's that's what I'm assuming the prayer was about, was about Jesus listening to the father's invitation. So sometimes the father invites us into things that seem counterintuitive. So? Yeah, just uh, all that we're talking about resonates with me, but um, kind of an additional piece I focus on just the simple statement, Jesus prayed. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's like he he had clarity of what he was about, but he continued to communicate with the Father to get clarity as he went along. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't see it's that, I just see that as an important thing. And uh, and that you see kind of all through the Gospels. He, he, he's not just barging on with his agenda. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he, is a, he is purposeful and about what, what he feels called to be about, what he knows to be about, but he's, he's continuing to be before the Father about that. Yeah. And, and with the disciples... Um, he both models and teaches. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as as the story proceeds, you know, they continue to follow. So it's like they're they're seeing him model uh, what what this looks like. And in our case, in, in what our topic is today, model the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and he teaches them. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I, I struggle with most on the boundary things is like right now with my parents they're and, but yet, and it wasn't worried so much worried. Well, what are they going to think of me as much as I, I was worrying about the need, you know, the need mm-hmm. of something and mm-hmm. so inside I'm hurting for whoever is needing whatever. So, and mm-hmm. There was a situation this week with our neighbor too. And my husband got all over me. He's like, stop it. it you know, they're not your responsibility. Um, they'll figure it out. And I'm like, but but I've always been the type of person that if I see something, um, if I see somebody suffering, I just, yeah, I want to jump right in and help mm-hmm. and uh, or, or help to prevent a bad situation. Mm-hmm. So, that is a struggle for me. Now I I do it. I mean I do the boundary thing, but inside I'm just uh, I'm blah, right. I'm and it'll right. be on my mind for hours. Yeah, <laughs> so days. And and that little phrase that that we talk about, uh, Brenda, about increasing our own tolerance for emotional discomfort. Yes, is is that feeling that you're just describing? That's yep. exactly what it is. You know what? Yeah. There's a need, uh, and 
And, and for me, it's why it's so very important to be listening to the voice of the Spirit. To know, yeah, and God has not asked me to go join God in that. Right. Well, you know what that means? God's going to God's going to deal with that, heal that, take care of that through somebody else. Right. I just have to remember that <laughs> when I'm in that moment. And and you know, my husband's always been a yes ma'am. So uh, yeah, you know, yes man to me. Like whatever mm. you want to do, you know, never stop mm. me from jumping in with both feet and bank and everything. And lately he's been putting his foot down and it's like you don't need to do this. You're not going to do this. If you do this, these are the consequences. And I'm just like, where is this coming from? Really? He's, he, he, he's a, he's a uh, secret faith walker. He's, uh, <laughs> he's reading the material in, at night when you're in bed, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know what he's reading. <laughs> but all of a sudden, after 26 years of marriage, it's no ma'am. <laughs> Suddenly, all of a sudden, he's got boundaries in his life. What in the heck is going on with him? I don't know. We're going to end up in a boxing ring soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, I'm I'm just like okay, I'm okay, okay. But I, I and then and then he he's so quick to be able to just move on to the next next subject next hour. What are we going to do next? And I'm still in my head, <laughs> going oh, you know, I want to be able to move on and not give something another thought. Yeah. So I, I've definitely got to keep working on that. Here's a completely different idea uh, that I wrote as I was thinking about this. Um, I mean, Jesus just almost abruptly just says, no, we've got to move on. And, and it's this, the kingdom message announced by Jesus is not limited to one group of people. It's not exclusive. It's inclusive. And because Jesus moves on to other people and we want it. Oh, just for us. No, I just want, I want this for me and for us and our people. No, it's for other people too. I had this gentleman, older gentleman, he's 78 who uh, helped me build my patio and my pergola. And he was back over. He comes over at least once a week just to visit. And he was over the other day and, and he uh, offered to give me, a, uh, an electric smoker. And I said, no, I don't want it. And it was, it was almost like I stole $20 from him. Well, what do you mean? No, you don't want it. Why don't you want it? Well, I don't want it because I know I won't use it. It'll sit in my garage or sit on my back deck or sit somewhere because I, I'm not going to use it. Well, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then my wife jumped in. Well, why not? Why don't you want it? I said, because I don't smoke meat. I've got a, I've got a, uh, a gas grill. And if it, if it gets cooked by me, it gets cooked on my gas grill. That's all I need. I don't need a smoker. And then, and then here's what she said. Well, I, well, I think he just wants to get rid of it out of his garage. And I said, you're right. He just wants to get rid of it out of his garage and put it in my garage. I don't want it and I don't need it. And it, it was just fascinating. The resistance to me rejecting something that somebody wanted to give me, which, which is a nice gift. And if I wanted to smoke her and it'd be awesome to have it, but I don't want the smoker. Anything else you want to say about this? <laughs> 
Michelle, what are you thinking about this? That I don't like boundaries. I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm getting better at boundaries. I just don't like the outcome and the fallout of it. So yeah. like the people around me, I struggle mm. with that still. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I can't say what I was going to say. Yeah. Just in case. Um, <laughs> that's okay. And I I just want to echo that and say, and that's why it's so hard. Now, go ahead. Finish. I know they're good for me. I just, yeah, I I think it is that I'm still a little bit of a people pleaser. And so it's easier to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. They stress me out a bit. So I'm like. I hear you. I, I agree. Well, I mean, it, they're easy to talk about, you know, it just kind of conceptually. Oh, yeah. Bound, oh, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. But then when you try to have one and you know, oh, my gosh, these people are going to get upset because I said no. And they they may decide they don't want to be in relationship with anymore, me anymore because I said no. For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider donating today at faithwalking.com. Visit our site for more workshops and courses available online. Thank you for listening.